We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And before we dive in to our football, uh, our football stuff, our 49ers training camp reaction, before we dive into football, which is what we talk about on this podcast. Now, before we dive into our 49ers training camp reactions, Chris, we have to talk about our friends at Lamb Chops, sglambchops.com. Follow them on Instagram at sglambchops. Candlestick20. That's the promo code at sglambchops.com to get 20% off your order. And dude, I'm driving to SoCal again this weekend. You know what that means. I'm Lamb Chops out, baby. You rocking the shorts for the roadie? Yeah, of course. Nice. Yeah, I warmed, a, only... I warmed to the driving range today. Animal printed out. Got some I'm... looks. Probably looks of envy, I would assume. Yeah. The the thing for me is I want to be a memorable person at the truck stop. And <laughs> <Sure>. so <laughs> I don't want to be just a generic asshole with a Red Bull and some Sour Patch watermelons. No, no. I want somebody to be like, whoa, that guy knows what he's doing. And I'm going to do that. Uh, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Lions for my drive. I'm going to go Lions shorts. And then Probably while I'm smart. out and about in, so you know what? I'm going to the Dodger game on, on Monday, Sunday. I'm going to the Dodger game on Sunday. I wear my, where my work is Dodger blue. Look at that. Yeah. I think the lions are a good call for the drive. Cause you'll be eating in the car. I'm, I assume. Mm-hmm. And uh, given all the colors and everything going on, you got a little stain on there. Won't matter. You won't nope. be able to see it. Just lions, all lions. SGLambchops.com, promo code Candlestick20 for 20% off your order. Follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops. The brand's mission is to lead the herd with original and high-quality clothing. Check and check. Uh, they offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces like Orca shorts to everyday essentials. They have T-shirts, hoodies, shorts, everything you could want at SGLambchops.com. All right, let's dive into some 49ers training camp reactions. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Third 
13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. I'm ready to say I don't know how the 49ers lose a game this year. <laughs> Everyone, and this isn't just a Niners thing. It's it's an NFL social media. Everyone's super excited just to be watching some right. semblance of football again. Where it's like any player in the league, whether it's a third stringer, guy who was on the practice squad last year, a starter, whoever it is, if there's a sweet highlight, even if it's going on air, going against air in a padless practice on the first or second day of camp, somebody somewhere is going to tweet, oh man, player X is, is poised for a huge year. And then there's, you know, one or two emojis. It's eyeballs or the the strong arm emoji or the, the huffing face, the, the huffing with anger face, smoke as, out the nostrils. as Siri calls it. Um, <laughs> it's it's amazing, man. Like, oh, <laughs> shouldn't have said the S word. Oh, phone is reacting. Um, <laughs> no, Siri's but... got training camp takes. <laughs> but I, I just like it, it's just endlessly funny to me that how like it just shows and i'm not even blaming people because i get it like i'm i'm you know i i love football we talk about it endlessly um right. you have to, to to be in this position right but like just the the amount of training camp overreaction at every level is just kind of wild to me and like right. i kind of want everybody to just cool the jets and just understand that, like it's it's still July, right? <laughs> we got Super we Bowls, got like Super Bowls can't be won in July, Chris, but they can be lost. They, I've heard that. I've, I read I've, that. To I've, me. Yeah, I've, I've read that on uh, on X. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I just want everyone to pump the brakes, man, because like I've covered I covered eight or how many training camps I do? I think I had seven or eight training camps. And the first week, you're like really into it. You're like, all right, we got to like really check in and see where the position battles are and how is this guy looking? Is this guy healthy? Is this guy added muscle? Is this guy shed weight? And is he is he moving around better than last year? And then you get into a weekend and you're like, oh, man, when's when's the season start? Right. <laughs> I've had enough of camp. And so we're very much in that honeymoon football's back phase. And we haven't even gotten to pads yet. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, things ramp up and get a little bit more intense when there are pads. And obviously the Niners are going to go to Vegas for, for some joint practices with the Raiders, which will be pretty intense and hopefully a little bit more telling than what we're getting right now. But just, I just, you know, I, I just want to caution people. I get the excitement surrounding football being back in the start of training camp. Let's just like not be hyperactive like reacting hyperactively to everything that we see on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, because we're still like six weeks away from the start of the regular here's, season. Here's my thing with it. React all you want. I don't want to yuck your yum. Football's back. There's actual tangible football to talk about. Jackson Smith and Jigba makes a one-handed catch, and you want to be like, you know what? I'm drafting him with my first-round pick in fantasy this year. Go ahead. Like, do that. But... A sweeping declaration, speaking about the 49ers quarterback situation mostly here, 
sweeping declarations off of unpadded practices and some 11 on 11s with no pass rush. I'm just not. Don't. <laughs> don't let that. No, don't, don't, don't let that. And I'm not saying this like not, not as an admonishment. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help the, the conversation. Like, don't. Brock Purdy went three for 10, uh, according to Nick Wagner and, and various other folks on, on side of training camp. Okay. Don't use that. If you would like to see Trey Lance start football games, fine. Like, I'm not. Okay. But don't sit there and go, wow, Purdy three for 10. Battle's on. Like, no, it's not, man. It's not. <laughs> like, be, 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 you have to, if that's how you're going to view it, like, okay. But I, but I promise the coaching staff is not watching Brock Purdy go three for 10 today. And I guess there's a couple drops in there, but either way, he was rusty. He, he, he admitted as much. When he goes three for 10, I promise the coaching staff is not going, you know what? Hey, we have questions about him being the starter. That's just not a realistic thing. Yeah. Just exist in reality. Help yourself out. Help your friends out. Exist in, in reality. I also, I, I didn't realize this. Maybe because I'm not online as much as, as maybe I used to be. But I think there's, and this is again to help the conversation, just there's this, there, there seems to be a faction of 49ers fans who are sort of in denial about Brock Purdy being the starting quarterback. I agree. And and maybe it's just a small amount of people on social media. And look, like if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I think I'm as optimistic about what Trey Lance could be if given the opportunity as anybody who talks, you know, who who has a podcast, who writes, whatever. I'm really about optimistic about what. This pod. Yeah, I, I'm really optimistic about what Trey Lance can be. But every indication we've gotten including what Kyle Shanahan has said since training camp started and John Lynch is, is that Brock's the guy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, let like, that's what it is. There, there isn't a competition between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. The competition is to back up Brock Purdy Mm -hmm. between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. That is the competition. Yeah. So, you know, you listen to Kyle Shanahan talk and, you know, you hear, you talk to people in the organization and you hear the same thing. You talk to players, you hear the same thing. Everybody in Santa Clara who is in the know understands that Brock Purdy is a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so there is every a, single first team rep on Thursday. Yeah, he took every single first team rep. And Kyle Shanahan on Tim Kawakami's podcast basically said that like the decision was pretty easy after Brock Purdy came out. And they won that Thursday night game in Seattle last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basing the decision off what Brock Purdy put on tape last year. Mm-hmm. And so barring Brock Purdy just completely, you know, looking terrible in training camp, which I don't think he's going to do because one mm-hmm. thing that Shanahan has reiterated over and over is that Brock is a, a really good practice player. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, I mean, the reason why I was worried about Brock Purdy coming in before he got cleared before the start of camp was exactly what we saw from training camp on Thursday. You and I weren't there, but like, you know, we only completed three of 10. Yeah, he's rusty. He hasn't taken any Mm -hmm. reps, Mm -hmm. any full team reps since since the elbow surgery or since getting hurt. 
And this was the first time he's throwing to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and all that in a practice setting. So that's going to take time. And I would imagine based on everything I know and everything I've heard about Brock Purdy, that it's going to come back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's weird that like beat writers, particularly people who've been covering the team who have more or less an impeccable record, <laughs> like all the credibility in the world who say Brock Purdy's a starting quarterback and, and somehow that gets backlash. I just find that to be weird. And I don't want to, I, I don't know if the, if it's a significant number of 49ers fans. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just some weird offshoot of people I see online. Um, but look, like I, again, I think Trey Lance could be really good if given the opportunity, particularly with Kyle Shanahan, with the set of skill position guys that they have. Mm-hmm. But everything we've seen, and the truth is, is that Brock Purdy's a starting quarterback. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we need to keep harping on this, but just like the 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 idea that like beat writers with credibility could tweet out that Brock Purdy's reclaiming the starting job when he comes back, like that's factual, and I don't understand the blowback that they get for that. I don't either. As long as Brock Purdy is taking every single QB one snap, that tells the entire story. Today, Brock Purdy, uh, Thursday, Brock Purdy took every, I think it was 21, 21, yep. 21 first team snaps. Sam Darnold and Trey Lance split the second team. Brandon Allen took the third team. That's the picture. And then if, if that changes at some point, great. We'll talk. About it. But that's that, that I thought painted the clearest picture yet of, of, of where things stand. If words didn't do it for you, that, <laughs> that kind of kind of does now i want to talk about purdy specifically and i honestly his performance like we talked about it doesn't matter necessarily right now um kyle shanahan said it after wednesday's practice nothing counts until they get pads on and they start doing more football stuff and i i tend to to adhere to that but the fact that purdy a practiced is a big deal He's just the fact he was on the field is it counts for something. He looked mostly normal. Now the velocity stuff, people there, videos all said that it looked relatively the same. Won't know until he gets pads on in front of a live defense, he's having to make quick decisions. What does arm strength look like? But for now it looks good. That's the only box he can check, and I think he checked it. And it was a good day to do that. And then the the third thing for me is that he's pain-free. He said after practice that he's throwing pain-free. Any soreness he has is typical arm soreness for a quarterback. Those are the things that for 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 me, like when I'm trying to take something away from Thursday, those are the things that jump out the most. Like Purdy is healthy, he looks normal, and he's pain-free. I think that's the best news the Niners could have gotten at this point. Yeah, I would agree. But one thing I would say is like, Training camp is very much a process, right? Like it's how you are in one practice does not portend to necessarily how you're going to be in the regular season. Um, Brock, Brock still has, and like we see it with, you know, baseball players all the time, right? Like pitchers, especially they come in, they throw their report early in February. And then at some point they hit like a dead arm period, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm very curious to see like where, you know, Brock Purdy right now only participating in two out of every three practices while he builds back up the stamina in his arm and his elbow. Mm-hmm. 
what's it going to look like a month from now, the end of August, when he is participating in every practice? Does he have any level of arm fatigue? Are there other parts of his body that are fatigued because Mm. he's been rehabbing for so long? Right. Like you remember how Trey Lance, his rookie season, like that arm fatigue thing that like everybody kind of scoffed at that Mike Silver reported. That was real. Like Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance have more or less admitted that that was real. Mm -hmm. That was a real thing. And you can, you know, you can overdo it from a throwing standpoint as a quarterback. So that's something that, that I'll keep an eye on or try to keep an eye on. And that's not something that they will typically say in press conferences. Like Mm -hmm. if if Brock Purdy has a sore arm in three weeks from now, he's not going to be like, yep, arms a little sore. Can't I just really flew in from like Arizona. Like to. <laughs> I just flew in from Arizona, and boy, is my arm tired. Got to, got to take some. Uh, t- <laughs> got to dial it back on the old wing here. Like you know, he's not going to say <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> on Thursday, he spoke to he spoke to reporters, and and you know, hey, how's it feeling? If he's just like you know, not great, <laughs> don't love it. <laughs> not awesome. Yeah. So his arm could be falling off, and he was going to say that he feels great. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, I genuinely, there was no indication that there's no, I'm with you. It's just that like, that's just something that we got, we have to keep an eye on. And like Kyle Shanahan, I think he won't go out. Like he's very, even if it's obvious and this was clear, you know, in 2021 after they drafted Trey Lance, when it wasn't really quarterback competition and Jimmy Garoppolo was very clearly the starter. Remember Shanahan never said that like, it took him forever to like name a starter. Mm-hmm. He was not going to name a starter. So if people view that, see that, and they're like, well, he hasn't called Brock the start. It's like, read, but like, just listen to everything he says and how he says it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about whether he proclaims Brock's a starter. He's like, he talked about, you know, to, to Tim Kawakami on his podcast and, and what Tim wrote for The Athletic. Like, we knew we have a dude. Like, you know, Kyle Shanahan doesn't say we like he doesn't use the term dude very often. You and I joke about like, oh, he's a dude. But like for yeah. Kyle Shanahan to say a quarterback's a dude is like is is a real thing. If he says a guy's a dude or if he says he's the man. Yeah, that's his other one. <laughs> yeah. That guy's the man. Yeah. yeah. So. It, it's just it's going to be a process, but I think what Kyle Shanahan does in in not necessarily naming a starter is is just allows for the scenario where like man maybe brock has a setback in a couple weeks mm-hmm. and then maybe it is a quarterback competition yeah for the for the starting job or something like kyle shanahan is not the type unless he like wins a super bowl with a guy or like there's really like it's completely clear cut like tom brady is is the patriots quarterback bill belichick will say tom brady's our starter right mm-hmm but like, that, 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 that the, question, the question doesn't even come up. Right. Right. If so, you ask Bill Belichick during the Tom Brady era, hey, Bill, who's your starting quarterback week one? He's legit probably not going to answer. Yeah. So. But to your point from like earlier this week when you were, <laughs> you said like Brandon Allen being like not the Niners potentially being willing to keep four quarterbacks. I think the reason why Kyle Shanahan would say something like that is because he wants to like, this is something NFL coaches do all the time. They want to give off the impression that they are happy with, with everything. 
which is more or less a way to say, yeah, it's going to take a pretty, pretty nice trade package for you to get one of these guys. Because mm-hmm. we we think we got four, four NFL caliber, four guys we can win with four guys we can win with. Exactly. Do I think there's a chance they keep four quarterbacks? Like maybe a 2% chance, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I, I get we try to like parse through everything Kyle Shanahan says and does. And it's like, oh, he hasn't called Brock the starter. It's like Brock's a starter. Like, let's let's just like, be real about this. <laughs> no, it's but just... also he he allows he allows for he's seen so much crazy stuff happen to his quarterback room that he allows for the opportunity for for stuff to change. And therefore, he's not putting his foot in his mouth. And all of us are going, well, you exactly. said this last week, right. you know, so that was, well, that was the whole thing last year. Remember, and two two years ago. Is it Jimmy or, or, or is it Trey? What? Why won't you name one? What is it? Because in 2021, Jimmy, for the most part, was was going to be the starter that looked to be the plan. And after the first couple weeks of camp, that's just kind of the direction it was going to go. But just like that year and just like now, there's no point. There's no benefit to him telling Brock Purdy, hey, you're the starter. You're starting week one. A, because Purdy's still rehabbing. Like, he's still in the final stages of rehab. His whole thing has been day by day, taking it one day at a time. That's how he got here. So slamming fast forward and being like, hey, by the way, get ready for week one. You have to be ready. You're going to start. You, I don't know what we're going to do. You need to be. Like, no, man. Just And just in case, in the 0.000001% chance that I don't want to even, that's too many zeros, but follow me here. I'm being hyperbolic. That Trey Lance just turns into prime Patrick Mahomes tomorrow and just starts lighting it up in every scenario where he forces his way into the QB1 competition or into a QB1 competition. Or if Sam Darnold does the same thing, we'll throw Sam Darnold in there too. You have to just leave that door open just in case. Because if you don't, if you close the door on that and you're going, well, you know, Trey looked great and I want to start him, but I already kind of said Brock starting. So like, (laughs) there's just no, there's just no benefit to it. And again, like I said, do I think that would, is going to happen? No, but it like conceivably could. So I don't know. I just, that's one of those things that just, if I wanted to at NinersWire.com plug. I wrote about that. I was gonna I was gonna frame it. Kyle Shanahan won't name starting quarterback. But that's called clickbait. And I didn't want to do that. So I, I framed it differently. But um yeah, I don't know. That just that that stuck out to me because it's funny. Not like, oh man, he hasn't told Brock he's starting. Okay, he's got to see Brock playing a game first. So when Kyle Shanahan tells Mike Silver that Sam Darnold could potentially be like Steve Young, <laughs> what comes to mind for you? <laughs> oh, I mean, to me, it's all about the trade discussion, right? Like, sure, I, I know, I know, plenty of smart. <laughs> Plenty of smart people who are high on Sam Darnold as a potential successful option at quarterback. 
But like, but but, but also, even it could just be it could just be a coach gassing up his dude. Yeah. Like he's not gonna tell Mike Silver. Yeah, you know what? Sam Darnold actually it's cheeks, bro. <laughs> like, ugh. Like, no, you're gonna gas that guy up. You want him to have as much confidence as possible and play as well as possible. Or maybe Kyle Shanahan actually looks at Sam Darnold and goes, "Wow, it looks like number eight. I thought Shanahan said something interesting on TK's pod when he was talking about. Listen to TK's pod, by the way. It's really good. He asks all the questions that I that I would want to ask Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Basically, the reason why the 49ers have four like actual capable NFL quarterbacks right now is because they just wanted to have three, assuming Brock wasn't going to be healthy in time for the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of lucked into Brandon Allen, like, you know, backup for a contending team behind a star quarterback just comes over. He's like, sure. Yeah. I'll try to fight for a roster spot here. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they got, you know, Brock's back and they have four guys. Like it's, it seems like a jumbled kind of convoluted mess, but I guarantee you Kyle Shanahan and another, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is really happy. I think with the quarterback situation that he has, because he has four guys that he, that he like actually likes, but the other takeaway that I had from listening to Kyle on TK's pod was just how, like, you could hear in his voice how excited he was. Because, mm-hmm. like, you generally have a really good idea of what type of mood Kyle Shanahan's in by the inflection in his voice. And, he like, a terrible poker face. He, right. But, and, and I think him and John Lynch have the same issue. Like, they're both bad liars. Mm-hmm. But you could like you could tell Kyle Shanahan is super excited for this season based on listening, based on like how he was talking to TK and mm-hmm. even like how he was talking about Brock Purdy. And, you know, one TK, thing, Tim Kawakami. Yeah, Tim Kawakami. One, one thing that I thought was interesting too, Tim asked him, like, is there, you know, were there instances where you felt better calling plays like Particularly, like what he was hinting at was, are you basically willing to dial up more deep da- downfield throws with Brock Purdy as a mm-hmm. quarterback? And Kyle was like, "Well, we don't really have a playbook, et cetera, et cetera." But like, you listen, to the answer it was like, "Yeah, man, this guy loves calling plays for Brock Purdy." Yeah, he trusts him. <laughs> he, he trusts Brock Purdy. Um, but no, like the Kyle Shanahan is generally, if you just listen to the way he talks, you can have a. Like I said, you you can have a really good idea of how he's feeling, and like they love this team. Mm-hmm. I think him and John Lynch both like love this team, and think they have a real chance. Let me let me piggyback off what we were just talking about real quick, because it's going to be a little convoluted. But follow me. So you're talking about Kyle Shanahan talking to talking to TK. Well, and and loving calling plays for Brock Purdy. Something really stood out to me. And I'm going to plug another podcast of a friend of a show, Jordan Rod- Jordan Rodriguez, the Play Callers podcast, also on the Athletic. She interviews in that among a bunch of other coaches: Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, and and Matt Lafleur. And Kyle Shanahan specifically, one of the things that really jumped out to me was. I think he more than any of the other coaches believes in his impact on the game and like his play calls affecting the game where Mike McDaniel was like, end of the day, 
players are winning and losing games. It's not me. It's it's up to the players. And and Sean McVay, kind of same deal. And Shanahan was very much like, as long as I call the right play that I feel was good, I can live with the result. And it really seems like he views Brock Purdy as the guy who is going to get as close as humanly possible to exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. Yeah. That's it. And, and, that's... That, and those are the same traits that he's always loved about Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. So like, can you, can you run the play exactly how it's designed to be run? Mm-hmm. And that's what Purdy does. And I think what really stands out about Purdy that makes Shanahan so excited was the ability to to also make second reaction plays outside the structure of the offense. Right? Can you bounce it outside or can you avoid a pass rush when things go wrong and throw the ball away? Mm-hmm. Um, can you not try to force it? You know. Well, I those. think that's why I think that's ultimately why they love Trey Lance, and I think still to to some extent do is because like he is super smart and he gets it and he sees the offense and could theoretically be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, they I think what they liked about Trey Lance, obviously the skill set, the personality, but everything with Trey was more or less a projection. No, no doubt. No doubt. Where it was like with Trey, he's played such little football in the NFL where you're still projecting like, well, hypothetically mm-hmm. Trey could be really good. Right. What Shanahan said to to Tim was like, Brock put it on tape and that's why he's our guy. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies, and our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand Cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece. Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff. 
and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable, but Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need. And they happen to make very fashionable items. Also, you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets. We all love those, but they can look a little bit boring sometimes. You can get some leopard print. You can get some inverted leopard print. So the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool. It looks almost like a dark camo. Well, you can get regular leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit. Um, You and I have both rocked the various animal prints. They're not even animal prints, but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, Mm. favorite animals. Um, You can get basic sweat shorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium and super stylish. And I think that's, that's just a great combo for, for any clothing brand, but lamb chops really stands out among the rest for that. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb chops is leading the herd with original and high quality clothing. They offer one of a kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd SG lamb chops. That's sglambchops.com and on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops. Follow them right now. But like apparently Brandon Ayuk's really good at camp again. That's not a shocker. Brandon Ayuk watch out. has always been extremely good in training camp. Mm-hmm. Just like always just impossible to cover, making acrobatic catches, like not worried at all about Brandon Ayuk. I do like, think Debo Samuel being in shape is is a pretty notable thing. Like Debo's never gonna gonna be a great practice player, but Debo like looking legitimately slimmer and being being lighter on his feet. Yeah, we can see it even just in like videos posted on social. Somebody somebody posted a video of Javon Kinlaw. I I wish I could remember who it was, so I can give him credit, but their caption was like, Man, Javon Kinlaw looks slim. And then I watched a video and was like, eh, it kind of looks the same to me. He but was then, in really good shape last year, too. Yeah, it, he's just healthy now. And then Debo Samuel, his Matt Burroughs posted a video of Debo, and I watched that one. It's like, oh, you can actually tell he looks different. Like, his body looks different. And that's a good sign. I, we talked about it before. I don't know if he'll do 1,700, or almost 1,800 all-purpose all, all yards and or scrimmage yards and 14 touchdowns again, but he looks like a player that, you know, can be that type of, maybe not produce at that level, but be that type of player again for them. The odds are the Niners are going to deal with injuries somewhere, but like Mm -hmm. if all of their skill dudes on offense stay healthy, I don't really know how they're losing. (laughs) (laughs) At least in the NFC. Right. Well, their offensive line could stink. Yeah, there are maybe, but like, but even then, if you get if you get 2021 Debo and you get breakout contract extension year. Brandon Ayuk and you get George Kittle still in his prime and you get Christian McCaffrey. You know, healthy and, and looking somewhat mm-hmm. like he did last year. I just don't. You know, maybe the Eagles, but the Eagles would have to like it would be a situation where the Eagles are outscoring the Niners. I don't think the Eagles defense is even. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I, 
I just think the Niners, like th- this could be, I, actually, I think it is just going in. I think it is pretty clearly the Niners most talented team they've had with Kyle Shannon as coach. Yeah. I'm not sure it's that. Eh. 2019 was, was a good team, but even 2019, that's rookie Nick Bosa. That's rookie Debo Samuel. That's right. Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, like, you know, good, good players, but Mostert specifically. Fred Warner was in his second year in 2019. Yeah, Dre Greenlaw was uh was a rookie. Sam linebacker and a he ended up playing a lot because because Quan Alexander got hurt, but Dre Dre Greenlaw is a significantly better player now than he was in 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 yeah. 2019. Yeah, they're 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 I this is their most talented team, I think. I agree with that take. And if Brock my gets only, to my only quibble is whether it's by a lot. <laughs> Do we think the way Brock Purdy played at the end of last year was the highest level of quarterbacking we've seen since Kyle Shanahan was hired? Oh, that's a really good question. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I would need to go back and watch Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of 2019. But Jimmy Garoppolo the last like half of 2019 was pretty good. Yeah. But 2017 yeah, Jimmy before the knee injury, 2017 Jimmy was pretty damn good too. 2017 Jim was good. For sure. No, I I yeah, no. Yeah, maybe maybe. I tend to think without without doing the deep dive I tend to think it was like, I tend to think Brock Purdy played at the highest level. We've seen a Niners quarterback play since Shannon's been here. Can I add a caveat? Sure. I think I'll agree, but I think it's a combination of Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Oh yeah. Like Like, Christian McCaffrey was just such a massive game changer for them. Like for their quarterbacks, like even Garoppolo was playing better before he got hurt. Christian McCaffrey's the best security blanket in the NFL. Right. And so that's what that's what it, it, that's where this is one of those projection things where I just don't know. If you plug Christian McCaffrey into the 2019 49ers, what does Jimmy Garoppolo look like? Yeah, probably yeah. a lot better. So that's but again, so given the the respective weapons and what they have around them and stuff, I I I guess I would say Brock last year. Yeah. He completed I I think I've said this on 8 eight episodes of this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Brock Purdy completed 80.4% of his throws in the intermediate area of the field, 10 to 19 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. He completed 80% of his throws. The next highest mark in the league was 68%. And the difference between those two is the same as the difference between number two and number 30. He was so unbelievably elite at that. Like, all-time great at that. And I struggle because, like, it was incredible and unbelievable. And wow, look at that. Especially considering he's a rookie who was the last pick in the draft. But then as I look forward into this year and how good can the 49ers be in this and that, 
It's like, well, I don't think he's going to go 80% again. But if he regresses to 70, he's still elite at that. Right. The sustainability thing is a fascinating. That's ultimately like the biggest question for me with Brock Mm -hmm. is just the pure sustainability of that. That type of efficiency is is more or less unheard of, particularly for a rookie quarterback. I will say I will say that the fact that he so he's on a two days on one day off schedule for the first couple weeks of camp. Yeah. So he practiced. The team practiced Wednesday. He did not. But then he practiced Thursday. He'll practice Friday. Team gets a day off Saturday. And then my guess is he'll be off Sunday. When they when they retake the field. That's my guess. But the fact that he is already practicing makes me way more optimistic about him and less bearish. More 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 bullish. No, I I totally agree. I'm, I'm I'm less concerned about some massive regression in any one area. He might regress a little bit just kind of naturally, but I think that can be, I think that can be countered by him getting better at some things. You would much rather see rust at the end of July than between the second and third preseason games. Yeah. Like I was, I was (laughs) concerned that the Brock Purdy we saw on July 27, where it was like, Oh, like he's, but he's but he's pretty rusty was the Brock Purdy we're going to be seeing on like September 3rd right where it's like oh race against the clock (sighs) yeah but now he'll at least get some preseason reps this is just all good news for the 49ers I think yeah I think so too um yeah I think that's that's easily the biggest development of training camp more so than like the play-by-play yeah. No, not throwing shade at anybody who's like really diving into the play by play of camp and, and all of that. But no, like, it's football. It's cool. It's football. It's cool. Like, cool. Do your thing. But like just the the thing with training camp is always like try to keep the bigger picture in mind. Yeah, that's that, that that's concisely what I was trying to say at the beginning. Yeah. Like there's there's a much bigger picture than just individual practices. Yeah. And I, I'm curious to see like. You know, I, I think I do think it's a real competition between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Oh, totally. I think Trey probably has a hell of a lot more trade value than Sam. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's going to factor into the Niners' decision on whether or not, because like Brandon Allen, I think is good enough to be a third string quarterback. He's probably good enough to be a backup. So if there's if the if the difference between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold is marginal but you're able to get a decent third or fourth round pick. I I mean, that, that seems like a lot right now, but if Trey comes out and like really plays well in the preseason, mm-hmm. I could see a team that liked him before the draft, like buying into the talent, like Atlanta, right? A lot of people thought Atlanta would be in on Trey Lance had the Niners not taken him at three mm-hmm. Atlanta picking four. Like, if the difference is negligible between those two guys, would the Niners take a third or fourth round pick for Trey Lance in a trade and just run with Sam Darnold as their backup and then have Brandon Allen be their third stringer? Or are they going to, are they going to hold on to Lance unless they get blown, unless their doors get blown off with a trade offer and just hold on to Lance just in case Mm -hmm. 
you know, somebody, that's what I, that's, somebody that's what hits Brock's do. elbow in week two. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I would lean to. And then it, I just know, if 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 they were still super strapped for picks, I I would I might lean differently. But they have all their own picks except I think a fourth rounder next year. Yeah, and they're going to get a bunch of comp picks. So I don't think they need to just give away a quarterback for a fourth. Especially when they needed four quarterbacks last year. Yeah, maybe they could trade. I mean, who knows on this. Um, uh, Joe Burrow injury. I, my mind is totally blanked. I was like, the Bengals quarterback. What's his name? The <laughs> Joe <Allen>. Burrow injury. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe they'll be like, hey, let's. We'll throw you a six for Brandon Allen right now. Maybe the Niners just jump on that and then make the discussion a whole <laughs> lot easier on the rest of us. I just I have a hard time. I know like it's been done before, and Kyle Shanahan sort of hinted at it. I just mm-hmm. have a really hard time believing they're going to keep four quarterbacks. I mean, they could because it's not like you know that fifty third roster spot could be a tenth defensive lineman or a ninth offensive lineman or you know somebody who's just not going to play. Yeah. And at least a fourth quarterback does have some value to you. I don't know. I, I like that to me is kind of the, the most interesting thing about like it's the 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 interesting discussions or the, the developments for the quarterback situation right now that are interesting and pertinent to me. Does Brock Purdy's arm get worn out at any point? Mm-hmm. Like does arm fatigue or just regular fatigue become a thing given how he's been rehabbing as hard as he's been? Obviously the Trey Lance Sam Darnold dynamic, but what how does how does it look and do they trade any of those guys? Yeah. And would they trade Trey Lance for a better pick than they would get for Sam Darnold, knowing that we're one play away from maybe needing a guy with a high ceiling to start a playoff game. Yeah. I just can't, I can't bring myself to believe that unless they get their doors blown off by some deal that they're just going to trade a quarterback coming off a season where they ran out of quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I I'm with can't, you. I just, I think I I'm with there. you, but if like, if Shanahan loves Brandon Allen, as much as it seems like he does, you might just be like, yeah, I can get rid of one of those guys. We got three. Damn. <laughs> that would be. I don't want to call it malpractice because that's extreme. Like that's dramatic. But that's setting Shanahan up to get into some shit if they wind up having a bunch of quarterbacks hurt again. Yeah, that's true. If Brock Purdy goes down and Sam Darnold stinks and Trey Lance is lighting it up for the Falcons, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's tough, dude. Yeah, that's fair. That's For a fair. fourth, like that's where. But if, but if counter, if Atlanta calls and goes, you know what, Desmond Ritter stinks. We love what Trey's been doing in preseason. Here's a first. Then, okay, now the discussion changes for me. Are you taking it? TBD. I need to see Sam Darnold play football first. Yeah. Because if Sam Darnold looks like Sam Darnold, probably not. Because they they talked about George Kittle talked about it and Shanahan's talked about it. I think he talked about it with TK. This like urgency this year, yeah, and this this urgency to win now. 
that for a team that's needed three quarterbacks in five out of the last six years, that to me says, well, keep all the good quarterbacks you can. Yeah. But I'm with you on that. We'll do a we'll do a 53 man roster projection and then we could because I'm definitely like I know I said I really don't expect them to keep four quarterbacks. But when we do the 53 man projection and I got the spready going and I got I got oh, it all color coded. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I got it color coded and the rookies italicized. Spready season. My rookies are bolded. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, And then I color coordinate. Reserve did not. Report list, sure. Pup, IR, NFI. I usually go green for starters. Yep. Uh, maybe blue for non-starters, but locks. Uh, rookies italicized. Purple for practice squad for me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm definitely going to tinker with like, okay, what's it look like when, when they do have four quarterbacks and who's who's on the chopping block yeah i think they can it's 53 guys it is kind of hard would when you, you rather at, they when you look at the rather... entire roster it's hard to come up with 53 guys sometimes would you rather they keep ross dwelly or brandon allen <laughs> can't wait to discuss this on the next podcast nick sakel <laughs> Uh, not making it right now for me. <laughs> Tough for my guy, Nicky Z, but you know what? He was part of an incredible rookie class. I have one last thing I want to talk about that's yeah. not quarterback related. And this feels like one of those things that you're going to laugh at me. Are like, you fascinated by it? <laughs> I'm fascinated. <laughs> Steve Wilkes said today, he was talking about Jair Brown, the number 87 overall pick. Brown got a first team in all seriousness. Brown got a first team rep and then got taken off. And somebody asked, Hey, was that to get him a look against a specific offensive alignment? Like, what was the deal there? And Steve Wilkes' answer was more or less like, Well, we've got to get him in here because we're going to need him at some point. And we also have to consider his long term development. Like, they see J.R. Brown as a dude for them. They traded up to go get him in a year where they didn't have a ton of picks. So, or a ton of premium draft capital. So they think Jair Brown is going to be, I think their hope is that he's going to be like a Jimmy Ward type versatile defensive back for free safety. And so I think it's interesting that they're trying to thread that needle between, okay, he may not be ready to start and play every down because there's going to be too many rookie mistakes and and the, the margin of error is too small, but he needs to play a little bit because he's going to be a starter for us next year. Like, I think that's something that the coaching staff is going to have to weigh. And so I, I legitimately am interested to see how Jair Brown's snaps kind of get divvied up here as camp goes on. Yeah. I'm with you because we've seen, it feels like defensive backs in particular have to be like, it's really difficult for them to carve out playing time early. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, for them to be at the point where they're even like considering giving him first team reps mm-hmm. or like talking about him in the mix. To me, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's starting sooner rather than later. Because sometimes like when they've had other corners, a lot of their other young guys, whether, you know, like they've been. They've just been kind of like opening camp with like the third team 
Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And then they work their way up. And then they work their way up. The fact that Brown is already sort of in that mix. I know it's just one rep. It's like, yeah, they, they might need him to play right away or like soon. Yeah. Or their plan is for him to have some kind of role, even if he's not starting. Yeah. And even if it's, you know, that, that says a lot. Like when, you know, when Ambry Thomas was getting passed over for Josh Norman and um, Drake Kirkpatrick and, you know, all that, like Diamador Lenore, like when Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas could not play over journeyman their rookie year, that's like kind of a, you know, it was an indication of a few things. It was, you know, they weren't quite ready, but also like Kyle Shanahan just doesn't trust dudes unless they show him. Right. For Jair Brown to be at the point where he's very clearly not taking a back seat to like journeyman mm-hmm. and he's already get like in the mix to, you know, like I could definitely see a world where on third, you know, when they're in sub packages, dime packages, he's the guy they bring in. It's not another corner. Yeah. It's they, they go three safeties. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, like I, I would start him sooner rather than later. Cause like Tayshawn Gibson's a fine player. Mm-hmm. I'm just leery as hell. If I'm <laughs> like leery it's as hell about- knowing that offensive coordinators are probably circling that dude when, mm-hmm. when they're going up against the 49ers being like, we have to figure out how to take advantage of that guy. Sure. But on the, like, I don't think their concern is that Tayshawn Gibson is going to get fooled or line up in the wrong spot or no, I think, be be, I think position. they're concerned that people might just run by him. Right. Like he, he, he's could be beat in a foot race for sure. But I think they trust him at this point on July 27th, again, not making sweeping declarations at the end of July, but right now I think they trust him to do what needs to be done and not get beat more than they would trust Jair Brown. And, yeah, and if and Brown we'll shows if them, if, right. And if Brown shows them throughout camp, Hey, he's bringing added athleticism, added versatility. And also he's not going to get caught with his eyes in the backfield all the time or get fooled by double moves and miss tackles and take bad angles. And he's doing all this. Stuff. If he's a sound player right away, I don't, see why they would keep him out, especially if they're concerned about his long-term development. Like, yeah, then get him in there as much as you can. So I'm not saying Jair Brown is going to be Fred Warner, but, (laughs) (laughs) but one of the reasons why Fred Warner was able to ascend so quickly is like, that was Robert Sala's guy, right? Like he impressed Robert Sala leading up to the draft Mm -hmm. and Robert Sala had no problem making Fred Warner the starting linebacker as a rookie from the green dot green dot. Right. And Robert Sala was a former linebackers coach, right? Mm -hmm. Steve Wilkes is a secondary guy. Like he's, he's a secondary coach at heart. So for the 49ers to prioritize him, Jair Brown, a guy, a secondary player, after hiring Steve Wilkes signals to me that Wilkes probably really likes this guy. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and there's a chance that his rookie season, if if he, you know, if he's the guy that Steve Wilkes thinks he is, there's a chance that he plays sooner rather than later because Wilkes could have watched tape and envisioned a very specific role for him mm-hmm. in this defense yeah. early on. If he yeah. can handle all the responsibilities of it. Because remember, like, you know, Tayshawn Gibson is a guy that Steve Wilkes inherited. Mm-hmm. So when you get a new coordinator coming in and then you have a guy who plays the position that that coordinator coached, I just, just my antennas up for being like, maybe the, the coordinator really likes this guy. And maybe this, this guy could be, could be starting sooner than maybe we initially thought. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me at all. Here's what he said regarding Tayshawn Gibson when Jair Brown got got brought up. His <laughs> the question was about Brown getting a first team rep and are you doing that to give him specific looks against a specific alignment? Good question. Quote, not so much that we just got him in the rotation and really long term also trying to take some pressure off Gibson who's a seasoned veteran. And we're looking at the long haul and making sure that he's there at the end of the season. But also opportunity for those young guys to progress because, again, at some point in time, we're going to need him. And then the follow-up question was, how does having a veteran like Gibson in the safeties room help the young group develop? He said, oh, it's great. We had some veterans that left us that were great players for us. But with Gibson being there, it's been a tremendous boost for us. A guy that's been around quite a bit can really be that vocal piece, extension of the coach in that meeting room as well as the locker room. It's that, to me, right there the extension of the coaching staff in the meeting room and in the locker room. He didn't say incredibly talented player. Got to find ways to get him on the field. Like it was, there was nothing about what Tayshawn Gibson does between the lines there, which to me speaks to what you're talking about. Like, I think he has a ton of respect for Tayshawn Gibson and Gibson's going to be on the team. But if by week three, Jair Brown was just playing a ton and Gibson was the third safety. That wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. And and I think there's an element of it being a little bit different than like them sitting back and taking the best player on their board when they pick, right? Like, no, they traded up because they prioritized this guy Mm -hmm. and they were willing to let Jimmy Ward leave potentially knowing that like, all right, well, we're, Jimmy Ward's going to leave. We're going to have to draft somebody. We really like this guy with Penn at Penn State who we think we can get in the third round. It's a tough pill to swallow, but we, you know, maybe we maybe we really like Jair Brown. Right. So that's that that's something I think we're worth keeping an eye on because I mean, if Jair Brown is if it's close between those two guys, Brown and Gibson, mm-hmm. if it's me, I'm just throwing the young guy out there. I think I think because they would that's too. because he'll be a hell of a lot better for you. Like everything about September and October for me is like mm-hmm. get the team ready for the stretch run November, December, and January. And you're far more likely to have Jair Brown playing at a high level in November and December mm-hmm. if he's starting earlier on. Right, hundred percent. Even if Gibson might be better and you know, more seasoned and less mistake prone and whatnot. One last thing. We, we, 
we began this podcast talking about not overreacting to training camp and then spent more than an hour talking about days one and two of training camp. Jake Moody didn't miss a kick today. That's what I was going to bring up. You stepped on my punchline. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jake Moody, five for five today, including a 51 yarder. Your thoughts? I was going to make a joke on X about how (laughs) that's what it's called. It's such a trash name. That's the thing is they didn't even ch- change Twitter to something interesting. I was X. on X. <laughs> I was going to make a joke on X. Like, no, this I haven't is, been on this X is... since college, bro. <laughs> oh, <wow. This laughs> I was going to make a joke to one of the reporters who um, I was going to. Is it a quote tweet still or is it a quote X? Anyway, I was going to do a quote X when someone had the um, the stats for the kickers, because Zane Gonzalez also made a kick, and I was going to say, this is the real competition of training camp. Nick Wagner had the stats. Our favorite cast member. Yeah. I also don't think I'd mentioned him yet. That was his weekly mention. No, I think mention. he got mentioned earlier on. Did he? Yeah, when you mentioned it. He, he also prefaced that tweet with, this is not a competition. Yeah, I mean, they're not just going to give the job to Zane Gonzalez. <laughs> You don't four quarterbacks, two kickers. <laughs> Jack Coletto's the, the backup fullback. Two fullbacks. Four centers. <laughs> Anyways. I am looking forward to the uh I think I think just for the hell of it, I'm gonna do four quarterbacks on my fifty three man roster projection just to see Sure. No, I love that. I love that. It's lo- great for the that's great who, for the bit. Who we're looking at cutting. I love that for the bit. That'll know. be on our next pod. I don't know. You know, right. if you're Marcelino McCrary ball and you're seeing Kyle Shanahan say, keep it four quarterbacks, he can't be thrilled. No. No. MMB definitely took that to heart. Took it as a direct shot. Might have a chip on his shoulder the rest of camp. We'll see. Watch out. Not going to know until the pads come on, though. That's Chris. I'm Kyle. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe, rate, review to Candlestick Chronicles if you've not already. We will continue just every every couple days diving in, taking a look at, at what's going on in training camp in the preseason. Any breaking news we'll have it for you as well. So keep it locked right here, Candlestick Chronicles. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Promo code CANDLESTICK20 at sglamshops.com. Shout out to Craig. Get us some bear shorts.